Hey, Prince Albert Pronouncers, welcome back to the podcast. Very excited to have you. Happy Wednesday. Hopefully that's coming on a Wednesday. It's snowing like freaking crazy here. Welcome to the winter snow. We've got Mr. Stephen Farrag out of Campus Inc. I'm Bruce from Inktavo. Um, get you a new neon sign. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, what is Inktavo? Inktavo is a holding company of all the different software products we're using to help shops grow. Printavo inks off graphicsflow.com. So yeah, we'll talk about more about that later. But anyway, first up is GraphX Source. If you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, they have industry-leading outsourcing options to help your shop truly become a part of your team. Can you just say like more specific? I know we've got this, but like really specifically, what do you use GraphX Source for in your yeah, shop? Yeah, so we have two dedicated um, artists and, and people on staff. Uh, one is doing all of our arts, art, so mock-up, separation, vectoring, digitizing. Um, they plug and play with Printavo, so they're a user on our team. And we talk to them on Skype all day, and they're basically our art department. Other side is uh, back office, so building online stores, closing stores, um, skewing, cataloging, um, being in Shopify, um, just having another person on the team, and they are awesome. So thanks so much to Nick Wood, Lucas, Brent, the graphic source team. Um, hit, tell, them, tell them you got this from the pod, and you get 50% off your first graph, your first vector SEP order. Yeah, I think that's it. Sweet. Easy way. All right. So obviously, you know that you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. And of course, you know that Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and a cost of the fraction per screen. All right. We've talked about that. You guys know that. But most importantly, Easy Way is a company that you can reach out to um, that not only when you buy your chemicals through one of their 100 plus distributors, they're going to be helpful right there to be able to debug issues, um, best practices, how to's, things like that. They are more than willing to help. Um, Alex and the crew there are, are awesome to be able to text, call, reach out to, to be able to support you in your shop. So easy way. It's the easiest way. <clears throat> I'm a little sick from impressions. Long Beach. Bruce, uh, you saw Multicraft Daddy over the weekend. I did. He was cruising around doing his thing. He, uh, he, you got a little gift from him there. I did. I got to open it up. I'm excited. He actually said that people would say, "Hey, are you the um, Multicraft? I'm looking for a Multicraft Daddy." I, uh, <laughs> I'm so thankful that he took <laughs> took some good person's advice and made his Instagram that handle. He's I like, want to see how many... the weirdest but acceptable experience he said. Um. Well, Multicraft's, uh, if you need ink supplies or daddy, you hit up Multicraft. More importantly, they are building a new um, facility in Illinois that's going to be a showroom. It's going to be used for education. Um, there's going to be presses in there. There's going to be tons of stuff. And uh, we're still trying to get, figure out the name. I've got Daddy Shack, but I don't think that's going to fly. But uh, we're super pumped for the team at Multicraft. And uh, yeah, if you need anything, hit up Multicraft underscore daddy. Screen printing digital supplies for over 50 years. Top brands at competitive prices. Yeah, definitely mention Printable Pod. They get you a discount. That will be uh, helpful. All right. And then last but not least, Super Color. So something new for shops just came out. We actually recorded with uh, the founders and president, Mike and Rum, which that episode should be dropping soon. But Super Color's got an all new and improved heat transfer, the V2. I keep calling gen, it V2. They call it next two, gen. Next um, gen. This second iteration, though, has three huge uh, enhancements for every production facility. I even tested it, which was kind of cool at the with show. With your crappy heat press, right? <clears throat> No, I was using a proper heat press at the show, but you're right. I should test it on a crappy heat press, and here's why. Um, they literally bought and have tons of heat presses of varying quality in their facility now that they use to test this new V2 on. And so now what it does is it's so much easier to peel. It's not a lot more compatible with many more heat presses to give you that perfect peel and print. The colors are more vibrant on the darks and lights um, for your customers, which is really cool. But uh, 
it's just overall faster. So it's a lot more, uh, less time spending. And around. they had it running on the Stampinator this weekend. Yeah. They did a nuts. contest. Actually they had it they, running on a Stampinator, um, and peeling. Um, so if you've used Supercolor in the past, um, their, their new transfer is killer. Um, and you should absolutely give them a call and a try. And, uh, is there still a discount? Maybe. Yeah, Printavo 15 for 15% off. We just got it re-added because I know it expired. So this is re-added so you can use Ooh, it again this year. We should, we should ask Graham how many how many people use it. Um, that's cool. <laughs> just like me and you. Hamish. Um, and so, yeah, make sure to check it out. All their new orders are on this next-gen version now. So you could be able to check them out. If you had an issue, check it out. If you love it, keep checking it out. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the episode. Jeff, you... Uh, I, th- I think I've called a couple people a mad scientist here, Farrag, on this podcast, but I, I'm going to put you into that category, Jeff, as a mad uh, scientist. Um, I don't think- hey, listen, I, I, you know, my category is actually MacGyver. So if you guys remember the, the show MacGyver, I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, nah. I am I'm MacGyver. Have you seen MacGyver, Steven? You know, I, uh, I don't exactly only, know what it is. I, I know they could... Is that and that's Houdini gets out of traps? MacGyver built stuff. <laughs> yeah, so MacGyver's the guy that it was a show called MacGyver, and if uh, you know, let's say you know a good scene was they're flying a helicopter and something happens, and you know they're they're doing all these exciting things, and he was able to go in and take the instrument panel off and use a girl's barrette to fix it. You know, like that's kind of mm. you, you got to watch it. It's uh, it was pretty good back in the day. Well, yeah, I mean, um, most people, I think, listening have heard of the Stampinator. If not, we're going to talk about what it is. It's a really cool, uh, I'm going to say add-on to an automatic press. Maybe that's not the right way to describe it. But, like, if I would just, you know, picture it, it it takes the place of one head. And you can use it for a couple different purposes, which which we'll get into. Um but it's a really cool piece of machinery. You guys were doing like a, a heat transfer speed test uh, at Long Beach. I know there's other things you could do like matting down fibers and so on. But anyway, what I find most fascinating is that this guy right here is the one who built it. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm in like a software mind. And so when somebody builds somewhere like a hardware product, like Steven, your, your, your partner, like he builds actual things and I'm like mind blown. It's like, Oh no, he, he like welded that together. Like he built them like, wait, with, with his hands or, you know, he, he ordered it from Amazon. <laughs> um, but Jeff, you know, you started slant engineering and it seems one of the products and, uh, main focus is the Stampinator, uh, which is incredible. You can check it out at Stampinator. I believe it's Stampinator.com, but yeah, Stampinator.com. Correct. Okay. We'd love to talk more about it. Very excited to have you here. So first of all, thank you for, uh, for taking some time out. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. So first off, uh, what is the Stampinator? And then like, maybe we can get into how you came up with this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So the Stampinator is a product that allows you to do inline heat transfers, uh, as well as matting fibers, you know, with all the different fabrics that we have today, you get a lot of fibrillation. So fibrillation is when you print your underbase and you flash it, the fibers want to kind of come up through the ink. Well, the Stampinator replaces your flash, and uh, you hit your underbase wet, and it mats down the fibers, gives you a really nice, super smooth surface, soft surface to print on top of with ease. And, uh, you know, depending on your shop and what level of printing you do, it takes an award-winning print to another level. There you go. That was that was it. That was the Shark Tank episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Um, Do you want to be an award-winning oh, screen wait, printer, Stephen? And wait, huh. and wait, Mr. There's Wonder, more? I have one more thing. There's more. There's more. <laughs> it also, it cures. So if you have, if you're a small shop, you can take the Stampinator and put it on the last print head. And anywhere from four to seven seconds, we've tested it with Rutland and Wilflex inks. You can get a full cure on press. Wow. Without having to run your shirt through the conveyor dryer. So that is the Stampinator. Okay. I just have to go back to like MacGyver days. 
What in the hell were you thinking when you're like, I want to take a heat press and put it on a automatic press? Like, walk us through V1. When did it happen? What did it look like? How many things did you set on fire? You know. So back in the day. Give us a year. uh, We need a year. A year. Yes. I'm going to go back like two 2014 but it was even before that i had we did some shirts for a player at at the ravens that we did and he wanted foil in the design and we couldn't do foil on press so i was like you know really like to come up with a concept on how we can print and apply foil in one step so try thought about it nothing really happened and we started doing under armor backpacks so Under Armour would send us 5,000, 10,000, 15, 20, 25, right? And we're doing a heat transfer. And I had three people in the, the, the heat press room maybe doing 1,500 a day, right? And they're talking. There's only so many you can do manually loading and unloading, putting a decal and stamping it. So I just kind of went home. And one morning, I woke up early in the morning, 2.30, 3 o'clock, had this vision, this idea on how I was going to make the Stampinator and created it to have an inline heat press. And that was right around 2015. And do you you have any engineering experience? Like, do you know? Yeah, what do you mean created it? Where do you start? Yeah, where do you start? (laughs) I created it. (laughs) you, You know, first of all, you have to have an idea and a vision, right? That's the start. So that vision, it came. And uh, basically what I ended up doing was I, I took um, – I looked at some of the things that were on the market already, not necessarily what I was creating, but flash units. And uh, I designed the first Stampinator out of cardboard cutout. So I, I cut everything out, did my mock-up. I did all the design um, – all the components in illustrator. Cause I, I wasn't using SolidWorks back then and had an understanding for, you know, mechanics and having somewhat mechanically being mechanically inclined of how I could build this and make this work. And the first unit that I built actually weight came in at between 75 and 80 pounds. It was like super heavy, but, um, but built, you and, mean like, you know, uh, cut the metal from the from the cardboard as like the template and like weld it together. Yeah. So my my buddy has he's got a sheet metal machine shop. So he's like, look, you can come down, you can use any piece of equipment that you want, and and build this thing. So I did. I went down there. I ended up uh, using his machinery and made the first prototype, and took it into the shop. And next thing you know, we were producing five thousand backpacks in one day. You know, people that can work with metal, that's like a God-given, like, it's this secret underground world. My business partner's a welder, and what Bruce alluded to earlier is the shit that y'all can come up to as a fabricator is insane. Um, so wait, did you did you get another heating element and, like, put it inside the, like, frame of it? Like, did you buy a heating element from China? Like, how did you actually make the two work? I, I bought, I went out, I purchased a few components that were out on the market already okay. ripped them apart you know use the guts use the electronics to develop and design it and the one thing for me was you know look i am i am definitely all about american made products offering somebody a job and being able to just create and build something and with your hands or just really in the States, you know, I, f- I feel like, you know, as, as where we live and who we are and uh, for the people out there who create companies and businesses, we don't, we don't, we're not doing it just for ourselves to make a ton of money or a little bit of money. You know, I think there's a little bit more behind it. You know, it's, it feels good to give somebody an opportunity to come work for you and to grow with you. And to me, that was kind of important with components. You know, I wanted a, uh, you know, American made product, I want it to be assembled in, in, the, in the States. And the best partner that I could find for that was a fit with GeoKnight. Um, for me to go out and manufacture my own parts, you know, I could do that, but I pay maybe a little bit more to have to work with a partner who 
is pretty well known in the industry and has a really good product at the end of the day. And so I was fortunate enough that they were able to work with me and sell me the guts of what I needed. But a lot of things I had to redesign and they actually did the manufacturing for me. And the, so when that comes back to like the heating element and the tooling and everything that we had to pay for, and it's been great. I mean, I, you know, I, I couldn't think of a better partner to have um, when it comes to the, you know, the products that we use from Geonite and they're pretty well known within the industry. Geonite stalls, um, you know, are the top two and it's been great, you know, um, yeah, that that first one that you made, that you kind of jerry rigged together a bit. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm just picturing, you know, like you plug it in and and you've got like a lab coat on and and like some goggles and stuff, and it like start smoking or something. You're like shit, back to the lab. But you know, did it go well? Or what was that? What was that like? Um, it did. It was. Uh, I had a solid cover on it, so. All the electronics fried the first time from all the heat, right? Because I was trying to just – I just wanted to have everything in one unit. I didn't want to have like a control panel hanging off of it. And uh, So we ended up – we did a porthole mesh. We put a, a fan on there, and um, and it worked out well. It was great. And from there, I just – I tested it in my shop for about two years and just ran it. And then I realized that – you know, I had filed for a patent at that point because I knew I had something, mm -hmm. and it was it was great. And I had my brother who got involved with me early on. He kept talking, you know, to me about all the trade shows and what we need to do. We need to get out there, and I was just like, I don't think we're there yet. And um, and we hit our first trade show, which was in Fort Worth, and I believe that was in. 2016 maybe 17 yeah i think i remember that actually yeah um jeff jeff does so so everyone listening this unit sits in one of the heads of your auto um and then it actually goes down or it actually like indexes almost with the press right or yeah, does so it have a separate foot, con foot control like how does how does that work like it actually works with the press right yeah, so our unit is basically plug and play. It fits in every press on the market from Rock, MNR, Workhorse, Anatol, Toss, MHM, um, and uh, I think I named them all. Yeah, so even you Brown? basically just no Brown machines are for manual press or printing only. So the frames are, uh, you know, just a manual frame. Ours fits in all units that are twenty three by thirty one. So it fits in presses that have side clamps as well. So when your gotcha. press indexes, if you have a press where the carousel <laughs> raises, it actually comes up and uh, hits the stampinator. It's just we set everything on the off contact level of what a screen would be. So you're getting anywhere from a 16th to uh, a quarter inch compression, uh, 16th, eighth or a quarter inch compression on the stampinator. And that allows it, you know, again, to mat down your fibers and, then you have the the presses like an MNR or a Rock, where certain uh, brands where the heads come down, and it works really well with those as well on um, on their presses. So we, you know, trying to get manufacturers to work with you is tough. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a screen printer. I developed a piece of product uh, equipment for the industry as a screen printer to help screen printers. I feel like. You know, my sales pitch on the Stampinator is how many how many sales reps have come in here and sold you a piece of equipment that they told said to you it was going to change your life. You tried it. It didn't work. You put it in the corner and it became a shelf, right? We've all been there. You know, we, we're all desperate to a certain point when we're first starting out. We've, we want to find the right piece of equipment that's going to change our life, make things easier. And we bought product that hasn't done that. And um, I truly stand behind the Stampinator that it is a product that will change your life. And to the testimonial on that is everyone who has bought a Stampinator that has multiple presses has, has come back and bought, you know, a second, third or fourth or fifth, sixth uh, unit. Jeff, you're like the the FUBU of um, screen printing or it's for us, by us. It's like for 
FSBS, fourth grader produced by ice cream printers. I mean, um, right? That's but, dog but the, food. Yeah, that works. Like, you believe in it. You that's the best it way to day. do it. That's the best way to do it. And you're still running the shop too, right? Absolutely. I have I have one on every on both presses and uh every product that comes out of our shop is stamped. The underbase is stamped. Um we do a ton of neck labels. So one of the great things about the Stampinator is we when we print or we'll do a print or a transfer neck label, we always if we're running a screen print neck label, we have our Stampinator at the last head. We dry the ink. So I have one operator who's who can do about anywhere from four to 500 shirts an hour by themselves. If I have two, we can run about 1,020 curing it without running through the, the dryer. So now at this point, you know, we're not, we don't have somebody at the end of the dryer catching the shirts. It's just, it's two employees, right? So that saves on your, your cost labor, but you can take and apply that person to do something else if they're not catching. So it's, that's how I utilize it. I really look at it. It's a, it's just another employee in my shop that saves me money at the end of the day. Going back to Fort Worth, what happened after your first show? So, you know, you spent all this time, you make a really cool product. I'm sure you said you tested it internally. Um, You know, no, no fire hazards. You're at Fort Worth. Now what? So uh, that was, we, uh, I'll I'll just give you the whole rundown. It's kind of lengthy, but it was like, it was an experience. So I had, I ran all these samples of transfers. Mm -hmm. So we printed samples. I had a a 10 by 10 booth. I get, I decide I'm not going to ship the Stampinator because it's so heavy that I was afraid UPS. At that point, I just wasn't sure how to package it. I was was excited. You're going to ship it to the hotel? Yeah. So (laughs) I took it to the airport with me in a suitcase (laughs) and uh, I go to check it in. They're like, like, we can't accept this. You have a lithium (laughs) battery underneath. And I said, it's not a battery. It's a heating element, blah, blah, blah. Well, they're like, look, you have to, you have to disassemble this thing and, um, you got to split it up. It's way too heavy for luggage. So I checked in, I said, okay, I went through, I bought a suitcase, came back, right? I said, look, I don't have any tools with me. And she's called, the woman had called a maintenance guy. The maintenance guy came over. He got all the tools I needed. We took the thing apart. I split it up in two suitcases, get on the plane. You know, we, we get to Fort Worth. I had to go to a Home Depot, buy some tools, reassemble the whole thing. I did that. And uh, we go to the trade show. First day, right? And um, super excited. I'm selling the Stampinator for $19,000 because I had the patent on a heat press running on your automatic press, right? So I'm thinking, who's not going to pay $19,000 for this? It's a game changer. Well, <laughs> come to find out. A lot of interest. I mean, our booth was packed. We had 15, 20, 25 people who kept coming by. It was awesome. That's awesome. And, um, but back then, people were like, like transfers. We don't really do transfers. You know, for, for us, I was doing a lot mm-hmm. of team numbers and things like that. Right? And here's this guy who is over at the Rock booth, and he was watching us the whole weekend, and he was super interested in what we had. And um, – he came over and he started talking to my brother and, and that was Ryan, you know, Ryan came over and was like, Hey, does this thing mat down fibers and let's throw it in the press. And in, in my shop at one point, one of my flashes has, it went out and we were using the Stampinator to cure the underbase, but I just never really thought about using it in, in, in press, uh, in, in production with as a flash to mat down fibers. So Ryan had asked my brother, like, hey, will this thing work on a rock? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, let's throw it in the press and find out. So we put it in the rock press. At the show? At the sh- at the end of the, yeah, at the end of the day, just you know, see if everything worked out. And uh, <laughs> Ryan was on board from that point on. Wasn't so sure about the name Stampinator, but uh, he was like, We want to sell it, you know, what do we need to do to work with you? And from that point on, you know, Rock has really believed in the Stampinator and they understand and see the need for it for their customers. And um, they've been a really good, you know, distributor partner with us on selling the Stampinator. And so you're you're saying, Jeff, uh, when you first started using it, it wasn't in line on the press. 
It was. It, it was it, not at, not in line as a as a flash matting fibers. Just converting gotcha. your automatic to doing transfers at that point. Um, gotcha. So so we came back and uh, we worked with Rock on some testing to make sure the unit was you know where it needed to be for their press with not harming the pallets and the print head and everything else. And Ryan came back with like the worst news you could ever hear. Hey, your unit is too heavy. It's 75 pounds. It needs to be under 50. So it took me, oh, about six months to redesign the thing. And, uh, and I did that. And it was, we came in at um, 48 pounds, which was awesome. So it was, it was at a weight that, you know, a woman in a shop could manage it. It wasn't putting stress on your press. And, um, what is that iteration? Like, like, are you like in the shop? Like, okay, this part's this heavy. Like can the supplier, Hey supplier, do you, do you have a lighter weight version of this? Try to make sure it works, go back and forth like that. Yeah. So what I ended up doing, I started looking at how ovens and toasters were, were made. And, um, I took that concept of the heating elements that were within a toaster and we created one that I needed to make sure that I could get the recovery time of one and a half seconds because I was shooting for speed. So your traditional standard heat presses have a recovery time from anywhere from 10 to 15 seconds. So we were able to make that happen. And um, it's just been it's been great ever, you know, ever since we, we made the, the Jeff, change. When and, you um, say recovery time, do you mean it like cools down or like, what, what is that? Like, yes. Uh, so when you, when you apply heat onto a garment, it's taking the heat from within in the platen out of the unit. So it might drop down to like, say from 300 to 280. Right. And then if you're going again, like within two seconds and it's a 280, it might bring it down to, to 270 275 is just going to keep draining the heat out whereas now with the recovery time on ours it it automatically after when it drops four degrees it starts to reheat back up to 300 so we when we did that because it's it's 240 volt right drawing 30 amps which is or, or draw 17 amps on a 30 amp breaker 17 amps is nothing versus your flash so it really saves you over a year you know a lot of money in electric as well because flash units your consumption of energy is used every time the unit comes on our unit right. comes on it stays on all day at 17 amps whereas a flash it's a 100 amp breaker or 60 amp breaker or, or 30 depending on the model you have and it's how many using how that many, burst of energy how many fires have you started iterating on this like i when i go to my power box like we've got three power box i'm, I'm like i'm going to <laughs> die a sign says back away uh, steven <laughs> like 240 that'll like my business partner judd says 110 that'll you know that'll wake you up a little 240 220 that'll um that'll knock your socks off have you had any close calls yeah i mean look 220 um not with the stampinator um you know it's I had a close call with, I have a automatic screen cleaner. I do. I weld, you know, I weld aluminum, stainless steel, whatever. Um, my screen cleaner, which was three years old, had a little minor pinhole in it. And I went over, came in on a Saturday and, uh, it was stainless, went in, put the ground on there. Well, I must've, the way I was twisted and trying to get down inside this thing, I um, knocked the ground off, and I had 220 right through my arm, and then Oof. the well, it, it came right out of my hand. And I'll tell you what, I don't, you know, it's enough to kill you. 110 can kill you if it's in the proper environment, right? Yeah. So electricity is something that, you know, if you're not certified or if you have no understanding about it, don't even mess with it. I'm fortunate. I got a twin brother who is a master electrician. So he is, he was underground high voltage. He knows it all. And, um, which is great. And I, I got to tell you, you know, I've, I go into shops that my shop is super clean. You can eat off the floor and I go into shops that are messy and people have done their own electrical. I don't know how they get away with it. You know, it's just like, it's, it's awful, you know, but this industry 
you know, it's an expensive business to get into on a startup side. You know, it's uh, from your electrical to your equipment. And you got to make sure that you're doing everything correctly because, you know, you have employees that are working for you. The last thing you want to do is harm, put somebody in harm's way. Yes. agree with that. And then <laughs> wait, and then you made weight. Uh, it sounds like one of those like wrestler things. Like, you yeah, know, so right so before that, yeah, yeah, they wait, scale you, in, you came you, two pounds you, under Ryan, Ryan's happy Ryan, and shouts Ryan out to Ryan stamp. for, for taking yeah. a shot on that too. I think that's incredible. And and by yes. the way, have you gotten? I feel like have you gotten like one of those innovator awards, the like YouTube SGA or like screen printer, you know, mag innovation or like. No, but okay. You know what? So this, I, I, I don't I, even want one. <laughs> I get that, and that's fine. You're a modest guy, and you you know you're not going to boast. But I just want I just have to do a quick boast for you. We're only halfway through this. Um, I'm not sure how long it's going to go. It's probably about halfway. And like the fact that you have done all of this with like the Stampinator Jeff family of like, you know, the brother, stepbrother and, and all this in your shop, I think is absolutely unbelievable. Um, give this man an award, somebody. <laughs> all right. We'll sorry, give, Jeff, yeah, we'll go ahead. The first Printavo innovators first. award. <laughs> hey, yeah. look, I, look I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I got to tell you, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, I had I had a lot of people tell me I was crazy. Like, why are you getting involved in this? You know, you're trying to create something. You're create you're creating something in a small market that you know people are just they're not going to buy into it. And I, I stuck with it. You know, look, I'm a believer in helping people out, giving somebody something that's going to make their life different and change their life to to a certain ex- extent. And I have a couple other products that are going to come out. So you know, one one thing going back to Stampin' Air, what I want to do is um. You know, people always ask me, how'd you come up with the name of Stampinator, right? And I, I couldn't think of a name for this uh, product that it developed. And my daughter at one, one point was like, hey, Dad, can we watch Terminator? Everybody in school is talking about Terminator. All the boys. So we watched it, right? And it, as soon as Terminator it came on and a couple action scenes, I was like, Stampinator. <laughs> and that's and that's where the Stampinator, you know, evolved, the name evolved from was uh, the Terminator movie, which is great. It was smooth sailing for the most part. You know, we had some minor issues with Stampinator. I went, we, I changed the aluminum plate and uh, we were, we had some issues with it, but, you know, we, we, we corrected it pretty quickly. It took us, you know, about a, maybe a month or two to, to figure out what some of the issues we were having. And now, you know, our new unit, is it's phenomenal i mean it it works it's perfect you know it is it truly still nineteen thousand dollars no I, I wish it was but um look you know everybody i had this one guy come to me and said oh you got a glorified flash you know and you're selling it for six or seventy five hundred is where we were and then i realized that you know to compete in this market i'm replacing a flash even though it does you know, three different things. I got to be at that price mark at, at that price point. So we did. And, and it's been great since. I, and I noticed your prices come. So you, if you started at 19,000, it was 7,000 something online. It's 5,500. Why yeah. go down? Well, you know, look for me, I, and my wife will tell you this. I am definitely not a greedy, needy person by no means. I don't, I, I just want, I want to do things that I can help people, you know, and I don't want to be the company that's, you know, selling a t shirt for $150, right? I mean, that's great if you can do it, but I want to grow into this industry, into this business of developing products and working with other manufacturers if 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 that's out there and uh, sometimes it is but i look at you know my wife will tell you that it's a hobby for me at times because i'm always up here working and doing different things but 5500 i felt was a good price point you know it, it works well for slant and it well, works well for the, the consumer, you know, that's buying it for their print shop. And I feel that, you know, price gouging isn't something that I want to be a part of. I don't, I don't want to do that. I went, I, I have a pretty good reputation in the industry. A lot of people, I've met a lot of good, 
mm-hmm. companies and, and, and friends over this that I've made. And I'd like to continue that and, um, and just deliver a good product at a, at a great price. And, gotcha. you know, the 19,000 would have been great, but <laughs> still tough to do. You know, I, I, look, I, I was trying to sell at 19,000 because of the patent, but I realized that, you know, sometimes that's just not feasible. I was okay at long beach. I think this is the first time. I, so usually like Ryan in the atrium, Ryan's running like competitions to see how fast people can print load and unload. Except this year, it was a competition to how fast you could load, unload, put on a heat transfer, and print it on the rock with the Stampinator. And yeah. I, I, you know, every year it kind of gets the crowd going and it's super cool. But like this year, I was like, Whoa, wait a second. He's heat pressing at 500 pieces an hour right now. Um and I don't have you guys done that, but because like you had to make sure that you had to make sure the transfer <laughs> was really again. solid. That like it was a good it was Supercolors Gen 2, so it was like it was absolutely gonna stick. And you had to make sure you were hitting it. I mean, it was literally like f- five seconds on the press. Um and Bruce, you were wearing one the other day. Um Yeah. How did you tune – like has that been the effectiveness of the Stampinator all along and I'm just learning this? Yeah. So look, when I first ran transfers, we we did 480 transfers an hour. So it's actually – it's not Stampinator. It's really Stampinator 480. And um, so I came up with doing – you know, adding Stampinator 480, which – Ah, cool. That kind of came because – do you guys know what WD-40 stands for? WD-40 is water displacement. It took them 40 times to create WD-40. Mm. So Stampin' Air 480, it was we're stamping, and we were doing 480 units an hour, and that's kind of that idea, right? 480 an hour, one person, okay? And then here we do the Stampa Grand Prix. You know, we have everything's about speed at the at the rock booth, right? The presses, the stampinator. And Ryan decides to launch this competition and give a stampinator away. And it was it was incredible, right? One guy, Sam, who won the contest from Branded Threads, was running six hundred and sixty transfers an hour. Now, for everyone out there who actually got a shirt, I don't know if that transfer is gonna stick. <laughs> and, but it was about speed and showing how much you can do with a, a, the Stampinator with a transfer. There's not one transfer press out there other than maybe this Italian press that can do more than 150 transfers an hour. So question, Bruce, you wore the shirt the other day. Obviously, you washed it, right? Has Bruce the transfer doesn't, peeled doesn't, off? Doesn't do laundry. I, I, didn't, I didn't wash it yeah. yet. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. So, so <laughs> drop, you know, I'll wash it. I'll let you know that. I'll text you after. But at, at, at that point, we were just showing, you know, really on how things work. So, there's look. We're in a world of of uh, different media that's out there now with all these DTFs and uh, and the, the digital and and screen printed uh, backside of uh, a transfer. And there's different heating you know, in, in time applications you need to, to adhere to, to make sure that it stays on. So it's about speed with certain transfers that you're doing. Um, and other things, it's not going to be about speed, but you're still going to get that quality and still produce more because when you're unloading physically and pulling down or having to hit a button on your, uh, your hot tronics or uh, a geo night heat press, you're averaging one person maybe 30 to 50 an hour, if that, because they're just not tuned. When you get into in front of an automatic press and now you have a loader and loader and you're unloading, working together, as long as that press is programmed to run 200, 300 or whatever an hour, you're going to be productive. It doesn't matter, right? So, and that's what we find with the Stampinator. It is, it's a great piece of equipment. I think shops they get excited about it. Their employees get excited about it. And you've moved the to and pressure off. the other manufacturers too. You mentioned, right? You said, uh, well, you mentioned a bunch at the, at the beginning, obviously starting with rock, but, um, M and R Yeah. We've worked with workhorse, um, now starting to hopefully get in with M and R and work with M and R. Um, and some of the dealers, uh, we have for Anatol are, we're working with and they're selling the stampinator as well. So, 
it's 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 been great you know look can you share how many you guys sold roughly last year um yeah so coming out of the pandemic um and not having trade shows for two years we we didn't do the long beach last year long there was a couple of people that pulled i think mnr pulled out you know it was Mm -hmm. it was just kind of hit or miss and and what to do and um fairly slow so we sold about 100 right over, a little over 150 stampinators right which was good this year uh, last year we went we did print united in october and that show was incredible you know we we sold you know a, a third of what we had sold the whole year at, at this trade show it was fantastic and um long beach to me was just explosive like now you know, people know about the Stampinator. It's becoming a, a brand name, and you know they know they believe in in the product. They've seen it, and everyone wants it. So this year, you know, our target's three hundred and fifty units plus. Yeah, that's huge. Our, that's my, amazing. My goal is to replace every flash that's out there on the market. You still need a flash, but to replace your flash when you're under base. Well, it, and it seems like you also. You had two things that lined up. It sounds like pretty well. A, you've put in, you know, five, seven years to like start to build it up, create a good product, build a brand. And then this sort of intersection, it seems like of transfers and their popularity has, has maybe clipped as well and, and maybe merged and, you know, especially with some of the marketing that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, look, working, working with Supercolor, Mike, He's fantastic, and don't um, let it get to his head, Mike. If you're listening to us, you're you're just okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mike, you're just okay. Um, okay, Mike, that's product, that. <laughs> it, it's it's a fantastic product. It really is, and um, you know, there's a lot of great products out there. But I look at, you know, I like to endorse the people who work with me and want to work with me, and and um, and build their brand. You know, one thing I'll tell you is between manufacturers, and I get it, I understand the manufacturing side of equipment. Everybody's secretive and nobody wants to let anyone know. But when it comes to the screen print side, you know, I, I feel like screen printers should work together and help each other out. And they never did that. And now we're starting to see more of that with YouTube and uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. People are sharing content of what they're doing and how they're, what they're, you know, uh, outputting in their shop and some of the problems and issues. And I need that with the Stampinator, right? I need shops to tell me and work with other shops. How can I make the Stampinator even better than what it is? You know, mm -hmm. and, um, if you have a problem or something's not working, you know, let us know. Cause we'll, we'll take the time to test it and figure out the issues that you're having to make it work. And 90% uh, of the time, it's just, it's human operator error. So, Last episode, we were talking about ideas. Uh, it sounds like you are already working on some other stuff and or have some ideas. Kind of curious to pick your brain on. Is there anything you could share first that you're working on already? A little teaser? Yeah, we want to hear it. Um, Slant Engineering's yeah, so, uh, pipeline of products? Yeah, so the the one product that we have is uh, that we're working on and we've been testing it is – you know, when you run like anywhere from usually I always find like a thousand shirts or more, especially if you're doing like a red shirt, you have lint all over your press. It's all red. You know, you have it all over the floor. So we have a product that's going to eliminate about 80 percent of that, maybe even more. And uh, I'm super excited about that. And then we have another one that what's that um, called? The lint eliminator. I got to stick with the brand, right? I mean, the, the lintinator, the lint buster, the lint duster, Ooh. you know. Uh, oh, a lint buster. Be, I love that. It's still, it's still going to have innator in it, right? Um, and then uh, one that we seem to always have a problem when we're printing a shirt and you have the underbase and everybody calls them boogers that hit the, the – uh, any type of lint that's on the shirt gets stuck up on the underbase screen. You got to wipe the screen after printing 200 shirts or 300. So we have this uh, device that we've created and uh, we've tested it. It works pretty well, but you know, I want to make sure it's perfect before it goes out to market and it'll take the lint right off the shirt before you print it. And that is something I think, you know, that we need. So, and I say that because, you know, you look at when you're printing shirts, if you're printing contract or, you know, um, uh, 
a shirt on a large number that you might not be making the money that you should be making, you don't want to have downtime. You want to get that press set up and continue the run and finish it. So, and then we have a couple other products that, you know, I'm still working on, but I'm hoping by print United in Atlanta, we should have, uh, we should have a couple of products out there to show. Right. I'm actually excited about it. Yeah. I, I give you a lot of credit, Jeff, because there's not a lot of, you know, there's aftermarket pallets, right. And there's some aftermarket add-ons, but there's not a lot of innovation on the press, like from like whatever the presses make, the press manufacturers make, that's what they serve the market. Um, and sure. if you think about like the software world, there's apps and add-ons and additions and zaps and all that stuff. And so I give you a lot of credit. And I think to, to Bruce's, you know, what he was saying earlier, there's not, I have not seen there. You're the only one, Jeff, that's done this, um, which is pretty spectacular to see. And hopefully it, uh, it motivates others to find cooler ways to, to make our presses better, whether that's robotics or you know making smarter presses like you didn't wait for a manufacturer to make it you just went out and did it and i think that's that's super cool so yeah yeah you know look i appreciate that look it comes down to a lot of people have ideas and great ideas but nobody actually executes on it right so it's and a lot of times it's just because people just don't know how where to start right it's too overwhelming too much and um you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I have to go back to really my father and kind of thank him because he was always my parents always bought these old houses and moved and fixed them up. And uh, when I was probably at the age of six, I'm down there digging a hole for a French drain in the basement. Right. And that's kind of how it all started, you know, just hands on and and just doing different things. And um, it's fun. I, I enjoy it, actually. I really do. That's cool. That's awesome. You guys have something in common. I feel like, Stephen, you're also a lot more hands-on with a lot of stuff building. Yeah, I can do anything with lumber. I can't weld. And uh, that's where my business partner, Jed, he's like, oh, people who can work with metal, we're just that much better. (laughs) So uh, I I, I see that. (laughs) Look, I I got a Harley. I tore it apart probably 10 times, and it's – it was a soft tail custom originally I've had it now for probably 24 years. And when you look at it, you're like, what the hell kind of bike is that? But it's still badass. Yeah. Bruce can barely put together Ikea furniture. So, um, well, <laughs> that's <laughs> a task. Uh, if you for. can't put Ikea furniture together, you should take it back. Cause it's going to break on you anyway. <laughs> uh, Bruce, this is cool. Uh, any idea, Steven, you'd like Jeff to uh, build for you and, um, or, and put under the slant engineering umbrella. I feel like you always have some cool like gadget or something that you, that yeah, you I'll have to think about it. I, uh, I've, I mean, I've the one is the press counter. Um, you I talked really about using the Raspberry Pi. Something that can just tell me if my press is spinning and how fast and send it to my phone. That's all I want to know. I've been asking for like four years. Someone can build <laughs> that. You could just, is my press running? Yes it'll or no. It'll text you or maybe it'll just text you when it's running every time it's yeah, running. Yeah, like your press has stopped. Your press is on. Your press is moving very – your press has been indexing for a really long time. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, you know, what, you know what I'd like to see is uh, for the manufacturers of press to. So I've been in some shops where they have like a screen above and it says a thousand shirts an hour. The Josh's shop right in uh, in um, liquid liquid in Huntington. I've been in there above each press. He's got a big screen. It says nine hundred. 100 shirts an hour, 600 shirts an hour. I like to see somebody create like an app where you, so for each of the presses you have as a production manager or an owner, you can just pull on and just see, you know, what, what are we running in our shop? You know, our technology today is, is where we are, right? We, how can we make things a lot easier? It's not really micromanaging, but just something that gives, you know, a data, some numbers at the end of the week of what that press is really has printed. I, I think and this is an official call. I think we have to ask the community if you can hack this together, message us. Jeff, I'll, right? I'll lead it yeah. with you. I'm here with <laughs> We're you. All, the, I think everybody's looking at Jeff now. Because here, here's, what I, here, here's why. 
when I when I leave my shop or anyone leaves, you know, as an owner, production seems to back off a little bit. You know, I can never really figure out why that happens. You know, why can't we just have the same consistency? It's not like I'm out there, you know, with with a whip cracking people to work. It's just you get a whole different level of work. You know, when I go out to California and, um, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, are they, you know, are they producing everything that needs to be produced? Is there any issues? Is there going to be any problems? I'm not the only one that feels like that. There's a lot of people that in this industry, we feel like we we're just we live it at the screen print shop and we can't get away. I can't tell you how many customers I talk to that don't take vacation. I am one of those guys, you know. I never take vacation. I'm always working. And you need to get out of these print shops because it's not healthy to stay in there all the time. It'll drive you nuts. All right, Stephen, ship Jeff a uh, cutout uh, cardboard like that. You, you ever see like Home Alone where it's like he's like pulling the strings in the in the glass window like back and forth? That's going to be your office. He's going to say, Jeff's still here. It's 2 a.m. Hilarious. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. This is Jeff. Fiorucci, did I say it right? Stepanita. Yeah, Stepanita Slant yeah, Engineering. He's, he's hey, give this guy an innovation award if somebody's listening in one of the magazines or something or whoever gives those out. I mean, this is this is anybody in the mad science category that we put on this show. Auto give given an award. an award. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. You can go to what is it, stampinator.com? Stampinator.com. Stampinator.com. You can check out all the latest feed and videos that we have that are coming up with uh, different steps and you know processes of, of what we've been doing. And um, you know, for all the Stampinator partners out there that purchased one, screen printers, uh, distributors, dealers, all that good stuff. I really appreciate you guys. You know, being behind Stampinator and believing in the product of uh, you know what we have done to hopefully change your life and make it a little bit easier. Sweet. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, guys.